0: It's really special to be back in Portland. It's one of my favorite cities. We brought our ship here uh, many years ago. number of my close friends ended up moving here, including my cousin from New Jersey, who's here somewhere. And uh, my son lives in your neighboring state, right on the border of Oregon, in uh, Weezer, Idaho. he drove me here. I still live in London, England, with my wife. If you're ever in London, give me a call. I think uh, one of the reasons I believe God is going to do great things this morning is not because I have some great confidence in myself or what I say, but I see how God works through prayer. And since I've been sharing Jesus for just uh, 60 years now, I have about 100,000 who follow me in prayer. So how would you like to be sitting on the end of a lightning rod with 100000 people praying for you. So I believe this morning is is a special morning. We know every Sunday is a special morning. A lot of times in the ministry of the Word, we're growing through a knowledge of Scripture, through understanding things better. But there are other times when we have a time in the Word of God when it's a U-turn. It's a U-turn meeting where you make an important uh, change, an important step forward. And I believe that's That's why I'm here. There's a lot of churches in Portland, and Bill, who is responsible for getting me just in one of them, I go back to England in a few days and on to Malaysia and Indonesia and the Philippines, and our ship, our bigger, much bigger ship than Lagos 2 out there in Subic Bay. Looking forward to being on the ship. you meet Paul, who was reared on the ship. He's just itching to give you books. I'll talk about that in a moment, Uh, but we want everybody to take at least 10 books as a gift, There's another table if you want to give a donation. There's a separate table for books that we don't have many of. And big, thick ones like this thing. Probably the greatest missions book of all times, Operation World. So you'll find that on a separate table, and that's for a donation. But most of the books are uh, part of our mobilization. That's our name, Operation Mobilization. That name only came to me because of failure. Praise God for failure. Uh, There's a fantastic book by that cover, by Erwin Lutzer, Failure, The Back Door to Success. I recommend it. I've not read it myself, but just the cover touched my heart (laughs) because, uh, you know, my life has had so many failures. And I was trying to smuggle Bibles into the Soviet Union in 61. I was just a young guy living in Europe. I had learned Spanish. I was learning Russian, living in Spain. And I launched this uh, effort in the Soviet Union due to my own stupidity. I have what's called a basic stupidity streak. I was uh, caught by the KGB, accused of being a spy. The whole thing was a fiasco. They discovered my printing device. They threatened, uh, really, all expenses paid vacation in Siberia. And it was a scary time, actually. But when I finally got out, I went for a day of prayer, and God gave me that name, Operation Mobilization. Completely changed my life. Before that, it was only Muslim countries, communist countries, and closed countries. That's all. I didn't want to do what other mission agencies were doing. God was doing something new in, our, in different colleges. We were mainly a college movement at that time. But God had a different plan. And through that failure and that day of prayer, he gave me that name, Operation Mobilization. Changed the vision completely. Told me I was to fall into the ground in Western Europe. I was to leave Spain and go to Britain where there were lots, <clears throat> lots of churches and mobilized them to give the gospel to 25 million people in the next summer. That was a bit wild. We didn't quite make it, by the way. We only got 200 that first summer, but the second summer we had 2,000. And since then, 200,000 people have served with Operation Mobilization, including some of you sitting here. And so mobilization is is a key word in my life and my DNA that had never been used in a Christian context until that day in prayer. Of course, we got criticized for using a military term. Now, mobilization is a totally accepted missiological, it means missionary term that is used by most mission agencies as we try to mobilize the church. Our burden is not just to mobilize people globally, People are often afraid of that, and that's why many churches, they won't even let me in the door. Afraid I'm always recruiting and taking people to the regions beyond, and the rumor's out that they don't come back, but uh, most of them do come back, and often with a wife, there's over 1,000 couples that met each other on Operation Mobilization. A number of them are here this morning as well. We won't introduce them all and make them look like fools, but uh, mobilization is a key word, and we want this to be... A gathering to launch mobilization and we want you for the rest of your life to develop a practice of giving away free films and free DVDs we especially want you to pick up samples of the Jesus film millions have professed Jesus through this film back the old 18 millimeter campus crusade teams all over the world also in the cinema I saw it in the cinema in Canada now you get in the DVD they put 15 languages on each one Please pick up at least samples. We have a contact. We do this in Europe, but here we have a contact uh, who's doing, doing it better than us, supplying these by the tens of thousands free of charge. The Canadians are way ahead of Americans in giving one of these to every single immigrant in the whole of Canada. You know, the 800 languages are spoken in New York City, my sort of home city, um, You can do your own survey for Oregon, but you can be sure there's people here from all over the world. So that's one of the mobilizations that we're dreaming about this morning. There's three different ones, different languages. That one is especially done for ladies, very appealing to Muslim women. uh, And they see the life of Jesus, and we know some will come to know him. Another one of the books we want to give away free That's very hard to get people to pick up is about HIV AIDS. 30 million people are infected with this. You know, sometimes we criticize missionaries usually because we don't know what they're doing. Did you know that the mission population of the world is the largest army in the world combating various kinds of social problems like AIDS? We're talking millions of workers because the body of Christ is the largest organization in the entire world. Bill Gates has nothing on the body of Christ, I can assure you. But God works through his body through families. And so we're not like all one organization. 40,000 different denominations. A few of them are totally cuckoo. Quite a few have split in two between those who are asleep and those who are alive and other little things. But overall, God is working through his body. And we want you to join the army of people that are trying to prevent HIV, AIDS. And this book is just kindergarten, just to get started, to understand a little bit more about it. And I just thank the Lord and hope you'll pick up a copy of that. There's the other Jesus DVDs. That one's uh, got different languages than this one. We're also, I had two hours with Randy Alcorn yesterday. He's one of my heroes. I just uh, wrote a check out or authorized a check for $31,000 to buy more of his books. And that's at a big discount. And this is one of the most important books in my life. I want to give you several copies this morning. Why pro-life? People who believe in abortion say it's going too far. People who don't believe in abortion generally aren't saying anything. Which category are you in? We'd urge you to take even a baby step For the unborn and pick up this book or a few extras and read it and pass it on. There are other options than abortion. When a woman is just completely fearful and stressed and cannot handle it, there are other options and the the great pregnancy counseling centers across the nation have proven that. This is in the top ten books in my life. I never give this free except in really unusual, out-of-the-box, cutting-edge dynamic churches with dynamic pastors. And so Grace Awakening by Charles Swindoll, expensive book. I just bought, I had to buy 5000 to get a good price. This is your chance to get one free. If this book doesn't bless you out of your socks, you know, I'll give your money back. <laughs> by the way, I knew this was a generous church because as soon as I got out of the car in the parking lot, there was $10 laying in the parking lot. So I knew this was either a prosperity church or a generous church. And I'm just so excited about being here and getting that book free of charge into your hands. There's Randy Arquan's Purity Principle. There's, these are $15 books. They're yours as a gift. Some of you in a few weeks are going to be totally broke. You'll be able to sell these in the street to get a meal. So, you know, plan ahead. Plan ahead. There's a book, the most influential book in my life in the last Ten years about women, what they're suffering, but also a bit of what they're doing. SOS, Save Our Sisters. Dealing with sex trafficking. Dealing with domestic violence. Dealing with women being sold into the armed forces. Women sold into factories, The whole female circumcision epidemic. This is a lightning round book that's been honored by many Christian leaders. Brand new edition and revised by Debbie Miroff, one of the great Christian writers of our day. We don't have time to talk about more of these books They're spread out along the shelf to get easy access because we know some of you are fast lane people. And we just pray you'll take as many as you can carry completely free. You know, even if you don't want books, you generally, you like to be courteous, right? You like to be polite. I'm giving you a gift. All the time I'm giving gifts that I don't want. We're trying to get rid of stuff. We're old. We don't want more stuff. All over the world. You should see the things people give me. I'm polite. I accept it. I've got a bad attitude. I try to repent of that. And I accept the gift. So we want you to accept these gifts. And I'm going to be standing at the door, giving away my little calendar, uh, just to make sure you're polite enough to take a gift. So you don't want to be embarrassed trying to get out of here. Some of you are already planning on the back door. And not take at least some books, even if you never read them. God will use them. When I heard you were studying the book of Acts, it's a miracle I didn't jump right out of my shoes. This is pretty well my favorite book. I've done a television series on the book of Acts. I've done a CD series of about 10 messages on the book of Acts. And as a young Christian in Acts 20, and I want you to turn there right now, I found the verse that became my life verse. We're not going to only look at Acts 20, but that's our starting place. I don't know if generally you have a whole different congregation that come here in the evening, right? But if you want to come back in the evening, I find it difficult to speak the same thing in any one day. I got in big trouble with a church here in Portland once doing that. As Supposedly they were having a home study on what my message was. And I had six different messages, six different services. And I tell you, people have been mumbling about it ever since. Randy Alcorn even brought it up yesterday. But that's okay. I'm out of town and it's no big problem for me. Acts 20, picking it up at verse 19. Beginning to describe something of his life that we may learn something about New Testament apostolic biblical living. Verse 19, chapter 20. Serve the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testings by the plots of my Jewish opponents. One thing we can be sure of in our Christian life We could look at James 1. We could look at 1 Peter 1. We could look at a lot of passages. There will be severe testings. So if you're going through any trials and testings at this time, even though you may think, as I often do in my situation, it's my own fault and I want to punish myself, may you understand it's part of life. Billy Graham, my spiritual father, said, life at its best is still filled with sadness. You know, Billy's been through quite a bit of sadness. But, you know, he's always stayed positive. I visited him in his home about a year ago or so. And even though he's not well at all, he was positive. And that blog with his daughter, Gigi, has gone all over the world. Another word that just jumps out of this verse that God has used powerfully in my life, especially when I read a whole book on the subject of humility by Andrew Murray. It was so powerful, I can tell you where I was. I was in Bombay. I was a young missionary to India. It was around 1964 or 65, and I read this book about humility that just broke me and exposed hidden aspects of pride and lack of humility in my life. So serving the Lord, of course, in itself is a training program to become more like Jesus. And this is one of those passages. Serve the Lord. The first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and tears in the midst of severe testings by the plots of Jewish opponents. Verse 20, you know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly house to house. People people often ask me, how did you get started in this huge ministry, one of the larger mission agencies in the world today? How did you get started? My hometown, going door to door, about a year after Jesus saved me. And so, of course, when I came across this verse in the book of Acts, and maybe that's what helped push me into that action, it became an important verse in my life. Some people call it 2020 vision. If you go to get your eyes checked and they tell you have 2020 vision, uh, that's very good vision. And if you got Acts 2020, you've got some biblical action. Two aspects of the 2020 vision. The public ministry, not everybody has that. But then also, the private ministry, the small ministry, the one-on-one ministry. Not hesitated to preach anything that will be helpful to you. have taught you publicly and from house to house. Have you ever gone house to house for Jesus? Well, in some cultures, that doesn't seem so effective because the false cults have sort of you know, wound people up. And so I would, I would insert, it's, it's, it's not mainly the house. It's not mainly where you're going, though. We still do this in some parts of the world, but it's people going from person to person. You can often do it better in a coffee bar. You can do it in a park, especially when we get this nice weather. I've heard it stops raining in Portland and, uh, No doubt somebody will email me the next time that happens. And uh, we have similar weather in London. So, you know, we like to pray uh, for other uh, similar situations. Are you sharing your faith? Would you be willing this week to give out even one Jesus DVD? Tracks are a little harder to give out in these days, right? Plenty of groups still do it. But a DVD. And if you're if you've got a coward streak in your witnessing like me lose them. I go all over London sometimes when I'm not in a good mood and I just lose New Testaments and lose uh, Jesus DVDs. And sometimes I pull back and I watch and it's amazing. People today take it right out of the envelope, sitting on a train, put it in their computer and watch it on the train. I've seen it with my own eyes. By the way, in some semi-closed countries, this is a basic part of evangelism. One of our primary fields is the land of Turkey. That's way over here. Turkey has 70 million people. All the believers in the whole of Turkey could fit in this building. We'd have to use all the other rooms. All the believers in the whole nation among 70 million of you know, Muslim background people. There are minority groups there as well. But I remember the days in Turkey when it was hard to distribute. It actually still is that we'd have these, these different workers that had holes in their pockets. And they'd put the Gospels in their pockets and they would slip out and so they lost gospels all over turkey and many of them some of them signed up for bible correspondence courses if you think that's wild 50 years ago they flew airplanes over the villages of mexico dropping gospels of john by the hundreds of thousands it's not a joke it was called airmail for god eventually some rancher shot one of the planes out of the air and the ministry folded up but uh, it's a, it's a wonderful to see the way the word of God gets sown across the world publicly and from house to house. And then pick up the next verse. Verse 23. No, sorry, 21. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And I'm sure that's the message that's declared here frequently. The message of salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus and what he's done on the cross. And then verse 22, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Most of our recruiting, and we recruit thousands every year into operation mobilization, and we'd love to have some of you, I uh, is done now through websites and through computer. And your generation, you want a lot of details. And unfortunately, the mission agencies also want quite a few details. The, 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 pro, the modern health form of operation mobilization just scares me. I know that as the founder of this thing, if I applied today, I would not be accepted. But anyway, I'm not even going to apply. So people like to know what they're going to do, what field they're going to go to. They, they often want other details. The sports ministry is one of our largest growing ministries. People want to know. Which sport can, can their sport be used? Which country can they use their cricket in? Uh, which country can they use their football in? And then uh, our global arts ministry, that is just exploding. People want to know where their art, artistic talent can be used. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but it's interesting. The only thing God promised the Apostle Paul as he launched out was that difficulties would be ahead of him. Prison and hardships facing us. You know, there are times when we, we want information, we want a plan, we want to do the right thing. There are other times when we have to take a step of faith. Some of you are never going to amount to much for the kingdom of God because you're unwilling to take a risk, you're unwilling to take, to take a step of faith. Maybe you're basically a shy person, maybe you even basically are fearful. Those things are normal, you're not unusual. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, ordinary people can accomplish great things. And that's the only reason I'm here as a very ordinary apple pie American kid, son of an immigrant from the Netherlands. Let me share my own story quickly and amplify it maybe this evening. I had a very happy childhood. I didn't need Jesus. I had lots of girlfriends. I was about to be elected president of the student council of my big high school. I was considered one of the best dancers. I was considered class clown in the freshman class. I was the only freshman at the senior prom. I was going to be voted Mr. Ramsey High School. I had an ego bigger than the Empire State Building. And I was very, very happy. Until a woman of God put my name on her Holy Ghost hit list. If you're wanting to live your own selfish life, beware of these women. Don't sit next to them in church. Don't let them get your name. And she not only prayed, I'm not exaggerating, she not only prayed that I would become a Christian, and of course, in our culture, we thought we were already Christians. She not only prayed I would become a Christian, she prayed that God would send me. <laughs> there were quite a few people <laughs> that wanted to send me, actually. <laughs> but uh, she prayed that I would become a missionary. And then she put action into a prayer One of the booklets we have out there on the book table is a a gospel of John. You can easily spot it as one of the smaller booklets. This is actually the gospel of John from the message, that brilliant paraphrase of the New Testament. So ideal for people that have never read the Bible. So she sent me a gospel of John through the post. At that same time, pornography in a small way. I was babysitting once. I was always making money through every kind of gimmick and thing you could imagine, And I was babysitting once and found a big pile of pornographic magazines in this man's house. I'd never seen anything like that. It just blew my sexual circuits and could have caused a lot of grief in my life as I started in a small way to move into that world. So one minute I was in the world of lust. And the next minute I was reading this gospel of John. And then in his mercy, he sent Billy Graham to New York City. Not a crusade. That was a couple years later. He sent Billy Graham to New York City for a one-night meeting. And a friend who didn't even like him. I had my own gang. He was not in my gang. Uh, but anyway, he invited me to this Billy Graham thing. I didn't know much of what that was about. I would seen a magazine giving the idea that he seemed somewhat normal. And then a business person. Praise God for the way he uses business people. You know, we have lots of books about missionaries. Lots of books about preachers and pastors and theologians. Very few books about Christian business people. And yet missions would never be what it is today if it wasn't for Christian business people who put their business on the line and who release finance for larger projects like our ship project and for literature projects that we've been involved in for some 55 years. When we stopped counting 20 or 30 years ago, we had given the word of God with literature and film to one billion people. One woman prayed and one billion people received the word of God because the Lord can use anybody. And even a character like me. I believed on Jesus in that Billy Graham meeting and problems started right away. Soon as I stepped out of Madison Square Garden, I had a very attractive, beautiful girl with me. I guess about the 32nd girl that had broken all the romantic circuits in my head. And some street gang guy said something ugly about her or something that was I felt wasn't right. And I immediately stood up for her and said, hey, you can't say that. Whack, he hit me. I'm laying on the streets of New York City 15 minutes after I accept Jesus as my savior. <laughs> you know, is this what this is about? Fortunately, the gang leader came along and had mercy on me and uh, they let me go. Well, I've been on the pavement spiritually thousands of times, but somehow I learned it's best to just get up. You know, you might fall in a puddle, right? Even a rain puddle, but I don't think you would stay there and swim. And if any of you have fallen in a puddle this week, you've done something stupid this week, you've sinned against God this week, I hope you're not swimming in it, carrying around it, feeling bad for yourself, having your self-pity party, but that somehow you immediately repent and turn from it. I had a number of failures after being a Christian in the area of pornography. Once even a magazine hanging in the tree. And when you fail in that way, in the lust of the eyes, you really, if you're my kind of radical, you really condemn yourself. You feel so bad. How can God ever use me? What, a missionary? What are you, out of your mind to think a scumbag like you is going to evangelize the world? But I learned from this great book, not just the book of Acts, but the whole book, That I was God's child. I was redeemed by the blood of Christ. I was his friend. And I learned from 1 John chapter 2 if we sin, if we sin, we confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us. And so I'm here, not because I'm some kind of dynamic radical disciple, though I'm totally committed to that. I'm here because of Jesus, because of grace, what I call radical grace. Even when I failed my own wife and abused my own wife. No, not physically, but with my tongue. And I believe one of the reasons marriages get torn apart is abuse by the tongue. Hurtful statements, unkind statements. I feel so bad. I thank Jesus. Not only has he forgiven me, but my wife has forgiven me again and again. Giving us 55 years of great marriage together. God uses all kinds of people. She also had enormous problems. Her father was killed in the war. Her stepfather abused her, <clears throat> mainly verbally, threw her out of the home. She ended up in Chicago, working for Moody Institute of Science. A lot of emotional problems that created physical symptoms. I had been on. A, I had so many problems with girls after I became a Christian. I met a Christian who said, "You're not allowed to kiss girls anymore as a as a follower of Jesus." What? Billy Graham didn't say anything about that in the message (laughs) then another guy came to me or somebody else said you know you can't dance anymore children you know God's children don't dance I just I never I couldn't imagine what I was getting into you know I looked I needed a cure a you know thou shall not dance thou shall not kiss I never found him so I kept kissing and I kept dancing But it got very confusing, very confusing. I led a girl to Christ and kissed her for a whole hour under the Washington Memorial. I'll never forget that night. And uh, then I was kissing another girl in the church parking lot. And then I was with another one in the woods when the police caught us. And uh, I decided cold turkey. There's no hope for me. I'm a romantic nutcase. And I need cold turkey. No more girls, no more dating, no more dancing, no more kissing. A little bit with a pillow. That's when, I, that's when I went to Mexico. That's when I uh, learned Spanish language, began to understand prayer, began to understand myself and how God wanted to change me. But then it happened because of Mexico, that short term trip, which birthed our movement. I left university studies and went to Moody Bible Institute. I wish I, I could better explain what happened there. This was really something. I'm a baby Christian. 500 born-again girls, a lot of them really attractive. They're all over the place. They're carrying Bibles, big ones. You know, you try to kiss one of those gals, you get a King James to the head. So I didn't kiss any girls at Moody. I was infatuated with about seven, crying out for mercy, and struggling in different ways. And because of my commitment to evangelism, and I hope you will have that commitment. It's so basic in our life. I went to rent an evangelistic film, and the woman in charge of the film was to be God's choice for my wife. The moment I saw her, my romantic circuits blew. I broke my fast and moved in on the target. (laughs) Said something completely stupid. And she's a little quiet girl from Wisconsin. Never met anybody from New York City. Uh, And for me, it was love at first sight. For her, it was fright at first sight. And somehow I managed to get her on the first date and I tried to scare her. I thought this might be from the devil. This is probably a trick of the devil, uh, to, you know, to get me sidetracked. And so I tried to scare her. I said, look, nothing going to happen between you and me, but you need to know I'm going to be a missionary. If you marry me, probably you will end up being eaten alive by cannibals. <laughs> I can't believe I ever said that. My wife occasionally reminds me that I did. And praise God, she's never been eaten alive by cannibals. But her husband got very close, protected by the power and the grace of Jesus. Why am I telling this story? I want you to know that God uses ordinary people. I want you to know that it's radical grace that's going to carry you through, whether you're here or whether you're in some other part of the world. I want you to know that the book of Acts which has been my whole DNA from the very beginning of my Christian life, is something that you can live out. It isn't academic. It isn't something you just can talk about and have a discussion. Now, there's some verses that are hard to understand, but it can become part of your life. And that's why verse 24 became my life verse, at least when I was a young Christian. I think later on I ended up with 100 life verses. But look at verse 24 as we bring this to a close. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. The Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Can you say that? This is the word of God. There are many, many other verses, including from the mouth of the Lord Jesus. Like if any person come after me, let him deny self, take up the cross, and follow me. Like Acts 1, eight that you've already looked at. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I really believe some of you, we're not looking for huge numbers of people. It'd be wonderful if the body of Christ in America could give even 1% could you give even 1% for the unreached peoples of the world there are 40 nations you can find them on my website that have less than 2% of the witness that we have here in oregon which we consider of course a mission field or london where i live a city of a million muslims which of course is a mission field there are 40 nations that would have less than 2 or 3% of what we have and yet very few people are considering these nations Places like North Korea, Afghanistan, Libya, Tunisia, Iraq, Iran, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Somalia, uh, Mali, Mauritania, Niger, Chad. We don't have time to give the list. Would you pray about the possibility at least of giving a couple years? Most military wars are won by people who give only a few years. They must have other leaders who stay long term. We have lots of those. We have a force of six and a half thousand across the world, but we need short termers. Our ship needs people who give even one year to our ship so that we can continue to evangelize hundreds of thousands. And I believe the bottom line and the reason we don't see more going, and I think most people acknowledge this, there's a lack of commitment. There's a lack of commitment to God's word, to prayer, to sharing our faith, to mobilization, And I urge you to look at verse 24, maybe several times in the days and weeks to come, and be able to pray that prayer. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. The Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of the grace of God. A number of my own books are there on that book table. One of them is called Out. of the comfort zone. And maybe if God has spoken to you through what I've tried to share this morning, you could at least pick up that book in terms of actually reading it because I talk about uh, what I've seen in terms of open doors and and concerning how do we find the money, concerning uh, how do we uh, handle tough situations. It's actually uh, a book about missions in which I try to take what I received from this brilliant book, Grace Awakening, and apply it to those of us who are involved in mission work. And please don't listen to any voice that says American missionaries aren't really needed anymore. In some countries, we are not needed so much. Guess why? Because your grandfathers went and started the work there 50 and 100 years ago, and now the church is huge. But there are many nations and many people's groups. That is not the situation at all. And in my research, and I've been in a 100 nations and studied all the nations, we're the ones that produced this book, Operation World, perhaps the greatest mission book in all of the church history. And I can tell you, the uh, United States is still the best set nation for evangelizing the world. Not on our own, not necessarily even as the leaders, but we've got, The numbers, we've got the resources, we've got the legacy. If you know English, how many of you know the English language? Yeah, you're halfway to the mission field. Our Korean brothers and now 10,000 of them moving out. Our work is more known in Korea than it is in Oregon, I can assure you. Three or four years to learn the English and then they start on the Arabic. You can start on Arabic or Turkish or French or German tomorrow, whatever you be. Don't be a one-language American. That is so outdated. An American that speaks only one language. I mean, thats I I won't get into that message. It upsets too many people. But I pray with all my heart, you'll be able to read that verse and make that kind of commitment. And that you'll begin right here. Right here. Whether it's door-to-door or person-to-person. And now we can evangelize through Twitter. We can evangelize through Facebook. Hundreds of thousands are professing Jesus through digital and website evangelism across the world. By the way, have you heard the news? Facebook and Twitter and YouTube are all going to merge. Bill Gates is opposing it big time. But I think it's going to happen in the next week. It's going to be called u TwitFace. <laughs> Did that news get here yet? Anyway, for you serious dudes, that's a joke.